Hey everybody, it's Jose. And Anita. And this week, it's our 20th episode. Woo! It's our anniversary. <laughs> I mean, it's not, but... <laughs> it hasn't been 20 years. But, yeah. <laughs> it's but anyway, It feels like it. It's no. an episode yeah. Episode-versary, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah, an yeah. episary. Okay. Um, we're going to do this every 10 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when you used to date people and, like, celebrate after one month? Like, oh God, it's, it's been our... one month. No, forget that. It's like, Let's it's our one Chili's. week. <laughs> it's our one-week anniversary, so we're sitting in a special part of the quad. <laughs> yeah. I went to, like, Applebee's for, like, two-month anniversary. <laughs> so, so for awkward milestones, you have a really awkward way of celebrating a milestone. <laughs> To celebrate this milestone, Anita drags me out to Bay Ridge. <laughs> you liked it. You liked <laughs> it. And she introduced us to uh, a tarot card reader who is a trained professional social worker and giving up her job to pursue tarot card reading full time. Yeah. She also does a bunch of other things like Reiki healing. I think she's in training to become a doula. So she just seemed like a really interesting person. Uh, one of my friends, well, I had actually never met her before. I had We had exchanged email. Um uh like messages but prior to that i had no idea who she was and my our mutual friend was like oh she's really cool you should you know maybe put her on the podcast she's just got really cool interesting stories and i was like yeah she sounds amazing let's ride out to bay ridge (laughs) which is about an hour hour and 15 from us yeah on the train or public transport but anyway so going into it i think we both had like different ideas of what we were getting into what was going through your mind where you're like hey jose let's do this um so for me i think it came from my you know i i told you guys in my last episode that i want to start this whole new project about interviewing people that are following their passions and that are living these like quote unquote alternative lives that you know maybe middle america or anybody outside new york city is uh you know, not used to. So I was like, oh, who the hell, how the hell, what the hell, how are you, how are you like a full-time tarot card reader and supporting yourself, you know, in New York City? So I was just going in with the idea of like, what the hell is a tarot card reader? I don't know what that is. Um, Is it like complete mysticism? Is it, you know, legitimate at all? Like, is this just complete BS? I haven't, I really had some, you know, cliche misconceptions of what I was getting into. And I just really just wanted to hear her story. Um, and how she's doing a million things. So that's kind of what I just was in. I was in for the for the story. Yeah, I was really interested by the fact of like how is someone who's like working in an establishment in an establishment kind of like traditional healthcare field giving that up to like pursue a different type of healing. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that we kind of think about as fringe, new agey kind of like a lot of things that like establishment disavows and says it's not a valid form of helping people in, in healing. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was kind of interesting how like you're going from being uh, a traditional healthcare worker to a kind of like new, like different version of like spiritual healer type of thing. Um, and I w- wanted to see how like she would apply her like formal training to her if she would if she would yeah yeah and like would it give because i always think of like tarot card readers of like oh it's bullshit i mean yeah. i'm fascinated but i think have I'm, you ever been to one no i've never been to one either yeah uh oh wait no i have i have been one to one and it was kind of that's the whole like they told me i was like an indigo spiritual being oh okay um so i always think it's like like slightly bullshit but i thought like maybe this person will add some legitimacy to it and I was, she's got a master's in social work yeah, yeah and i was like 
pleasantly surprised. <laughs> yeah, it was a really great conversation. So, um, so tune in. I mean, I hope you all enjoy it. Also, I think you will. Um, she's extremely, you know, intelligent, articulate, and was able to communicate her. I guess her, I don't know, like her... um, Her philosophy. Her philosophy really well. Yeah, exactly. Her pedagogy, (laughs) her her, her, uh, theory of practice. Mm, Very good. Um, Yeah, and so there might be some background noises, so sorry about that. It's Bay Ridge, get over it. (laughs) We had our window open, um, so there might be some, like, random sirens, so please don't be alarmed. And uh, yeah, enjoy your twenty episode versary yes, episode. Yes, Queen. Yes. We'll catch you at the end of it. We'll do a little outro. Bye. Hi, Nina. Hi. How are you? <laughs> Good. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you um, so much. Yeah, I'm so happy that we got connected. We got connected through a mutual friend, but we're essentially kind of strangers, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like, just met you today. Like, hi. <laughs> but you seem very cool, and I like your vibe so far. Your apartment you. is beautiful. It's so nice. Thank you so much. Jose and I traveled um, down to Bay Ridge, and I've actually, I don't think I've ever been here, this area before. It's such a cute little area, though. Like, I was not expecting such a vibrant area. Like, there's stores everywhere. Mm -hmm. It's so easy just to walk around. Yeah, there's literally everything here. I can't complain at all. Yeah, and really the apartment chill. seems pretty big, so... Thank you. It, maybe it gets better as <laughs> the lower in Brooklyn you get. We try, yeah. 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 <laughs> you created such a chill vibe, like... Yeah, I mean... I feel so at peace right now. Good! <laughs> yeah. It's important to me since I work out of my home that when people come here, they feel relaxed and, like, calm, because I would never want to have that type of space where the energy is yeah. chaotic and stressful, because I work out of my office, so it's important that my house, like, represents me. Right, and actually... Congratulations is in order, right? Because you just quit your full-time job. I did. To become a full-time tarot card reader? Yes. Ma'am, my last day will be September 15th, and then I am officially self-employed and my own boss. So I'm really, really excited. It's been a long time coming. So let's talk about that a little bit. What did you do in your professional life? So I am a uh, social worker at a psychiatric hospital. And um, I work on a continuing care unit. Um, So basically, I was working with people who had been in the hospital for quite some time and weren't getting any better. There was no improvement with their um, psychotic episodes, and their behavior was still seen as um, they were either unfit to take care of themselves or they were a danger to themselves and society, so they have to remain there until they make improvements. But for some of those people, they've been there, you know, 20, 30 years. a lot of the people that I work with have been mandated by the state or mandated by courts to be there because they've killed other individuals. Um, and so they are seen as basically not going to be stable enough to get out for a very, very, very long time, if ever. Um, but they just weren't able to withstand hot trial because they were um, mentally defected, basically. So, so um, that's what I was doing. And I was there. I was... I started as an intern my second year of graduate school and then it turned into a job so it'll be two years that I've been there um, just this September would have been two years but um, <clears throat> it was really really as you can imagine really tough work working mm-hmm. in that type of environment is very draining um, not only for the patients but for the staff too and um, I started to just you know recognize that um, when you're around people that are that sick, you pick up on it a lot. Um, you pick up on their energy, they pick up on yours. And to be around people that are that um, unstable and that traumatized, 
um, I have the type of energy and I'm the type of person where when I read for people or when I do therapy for people, I pick up on what they're going through. When they talk to me about their pain, I feel it. When they talk to me about their disappointments or their sadness, I carry it as if it was my own. And it was just becoming too unhealthy to work with people who um, basically were making me sick too. Emotionally and spiritually were making me sick too. And um, a lot of the staff, a lot of the people that you see, they're wonderful people and the work they do is amazing. But at the same time, you see how the longer somebody stays in that environment, they begin to mentally deteriorate as well. Whether or not they're staff or a patient, you're all kind of in the same environment. And after a while, you get, you pick up on it. And so it was just unhealthy. And um, I had just, I'd been a social worker for a while and I, there was so many things about the system that are so broken and I think social workers, they do wonderful work but they're so underappreciated and they're so underpaid and they're so just abused and neglected in our society and um, it doesn't mean that I'll never go back to social work. I probably will work part-time in the field eventually but I just, for my own mental health, um, I needed to explore what was best for me and reading tarot is really where my heart is and I think you know you only get one life that you remember and you might as well live it to the fullest and yeah there will be people that will say but you know what about the stability what about the money in New York is very expensive but um I'm the type of person that I've always been able to land on my feet and I'm confident that um I'm gonna be fine and I'm good at no matter what I do so you just gotta do what makes you happy yeah so what exactly is the tarot so is it the same thing because I think a lot of people kind of mix it up with psychics yes they do um, very common um, yeah, that's or palm book. readers or mm-hmm. there's a lot of different yeah. you know things that are in this mm-hmm. like realm of like I guess mysticism I don't yeah. know what you yeah. call it but um, so for me I use the tarot as a spiritual healing device to help people who have just needs any type of guidance or who don't need any and just want some clarity. Um, I don't read minds. I am not a psychic. I don't read palms. Um, that's a completely different field. I do have some clients that are palm readers and I do know psychics, but what I do is not psychic. Um, when uh, when you read for somebody, you have to ask them to cut the deck. So when they're messing so with the cards. Can you just start from just basics? Like what yeah, is it? Yeah. Like for somebody maybe that's never even heard of the word. Okay. So tarot is um, a deck of cards that's broken down into 78 cards and they're divided into two types of cards. We have what's called the major arcana, um, which are the big players in the deck, and they represent big energies that we are in. There is no time frame on them, um, and it just explains what we're feeling, what we've been through, what we're in, and what we can potentially go into in the future. And then we have the are minor those, sorry, arcana. Yeah, sorry, are those like the ones who are like people are most familiar with, or just like the emperor, the lover? Yes, the, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then we have the minor arcana, which is broken down into four suits. Um, so there's pentacles, there's swords, there's cups, and there's wands. And they all speak to different parts of the human experience. Basically, all 78 cards in the deck represent a different part of the human experience that people can go through and do go through on a daily basis. And sometimes um, we just need some clarity figuring out what our next step is going to be or maybe why we're in the present situation that we're in or trying to understand why our past was the way it was. Um, all things in life are connected. Um, and if one area of our life is not necessarily out of whack, because I see people all the time that are absolutely, they have no problems. They just want the experience because they like something about it excites them. Um, but, what was I? But, um, 
Yeah, it basically talks about the different human experience, different things so we can go through. So, so the human experience, you, you're basically saying, like, we all kind of go through the same thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. All people experience pain. All people experience stress with money. All people experience death. All people experience sadness. All people experience love. Um, and the way the cards are broken down is to kind of assist us and give us guidance within those areas of our lives. Um, there's also cards that talk about our internal desires, our internal passions, things that maybe are hidden or things that we're not willing to recognize because it might be too painful or too scary or too traumatic to mm. talk about. But if we can't get out of what we've been through in the past, then we're going to have a very difficult time navigating our future and our present. So, oh, sorry. So, so, I mean, essentially that's what therapy is, right? You mm -hmm. go into a therapist and you explain the things that you, you know, had experienced in your life before and they mm -hmm. try to give you guidance on yes. how to best live your life yes so but it's I mean with therapy you have to go in for a few sessions they have to get to know you mm -hmm. you built this relationship with that person mm -hmm. but with tarot is that is is it similar to that or it is it just a one-off you know you just come in and you, just, you look at the cards and you kind of lay out what a therapist essentially would tell me um it depends on the person um most of the people that I see I see them on a rotating basis it's not just a one-time thing it's but not. I okay. do see people that are just want one time just want to see what it's about and then be done um so it really depends on the person and what they're coming to you for and what their intentions are for the reading um, I always ask my clients before a reading starts, you know, what are your intentions? What is the reason you're here? Because most people deep inside, they know while they're there, there is something they have in mind that they want to talk about or they want more clarity on. Sometimes they'll withhold it from me, but it comes out anyways. Mm -hmm. um, or sometimes they're not sure what it is. And it's a good way for people who feel sometimes stuck or lost or confused to figure out what step can be next if they choose to take the opportunities that open up in front of them. So really depends. So would you consider the cards more art or science? Like, does one card mean the same thing for every person, or does no, it no? Um, they have specific meanings behind them, but it depends on what cards you pull with it. Okay. Like what comes next to it. Um, I think it is probably a mixture of both art and science, but I don't see it really as a scientific thing. So live somewhere in between. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's different for every person, but um, it's somewhere in between the both. Um, I think it's just kind of pure magic that is really unexplainable. I mean, there has been so many times where I've pulled my own cards and just said, okay, like, what, what am I going through today? What's today? And you pull them and then you're like, oh shit, I just got my life read by a couple of cards that like, and it's exactly what you know is inside you, but sometimes we're just so distracted with everything else going on in our lives that we have a difficult time tapping into our internal desires and passions and understanding who we are. And um, for me, learning the tarot has showed me, my spirituality has showed me who I am as a person, and if I can do the same thing for other people, then it is. Were you always a spiritual person? No. Did you grow up in religion? Did you um, grow up? My family is Muslim, and um, they are from Turkey. I grew up in a relatively religious household. Um, I yeah, I grew up in a relatively religious household. Um, when I was younger, I lived with my grandparents, and my grandmother um, and her aunts and sisters and cousins in Turkey always read um, coffee grinds. So in Turkey, when you get the small cup of Turkish coffee, the grinds are at the bottom. So you drink the coffee and then you flip the cup upside down 
and um, let it cool, and then the way the grinds fall is how they tell your fortune. What? I've never heard of that. Yeah. So, um, it's like a Turkish thing, so... It's specific to yeah. Turkey? It's yeah. It's not found um, in any other... I don't know. I yeah. think that there's some people in Iran and Iraq and the surrounding areas that yeah. do it as well, but um, I just grew up always after dinner or dessert, my grandma would be like, all right, show me your cups. Mm. And... <laughs> That's so I think she had some relatives that read tea leaves too. Right. Um, and it was always something that was like kind of a joke. Like we didn't do it. She didn't do it professionally or anything. Right. It would just be one of those things that like after a meal, um, she would look at our coffee grinds or her aunts did it and her sister-in-law did it. Um, so but this was a part of your realm. Because not some, really. No, no, not really. Okay. I mean, I, I was around it sometimes and I would yeah. see it, but I kind of always took it as a joke. Like, no, you're no. bullshitting. Like right, this right. thing, like an old wives' tale. Or yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. and I think we all have like a different little versions of that, like divination in our culture. Mm-hmm. They're just like culture specific. I think we all share them. Yeah, it's like for for you, it's like your grandmother reading coffee grinds. For some people, it's like they're in Latin America. Some their grandmother rubbing an egg on them. Mm-hmm. Like we all have like these little different things. It's it seems like like mysticism and divination is really a part of everyone's life at some mm-hmm. point. Yes. It's just whether you're willing to see it or not. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I was not really, I mean, I always knew that I wasn't religious. I always knew that organized religion was not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as I got older, my stepfather is Unitarian. So when I was like a teenager, I grew up going to summer camp at a Unitarian camp in upstate New York. Um, but so I was able to understand more spiritual spirituality through that because mm-hmm. Unitarianism is a lot more loosely based and there's not like a specific type of command you like have to follow. Um, so spirituality for me was something that I knew inside I was more a spiritual person. I just hadn't figured out how to tap into it or how to let it out mm-hmm. um, or how for it to really be there. And I think within the last couple of years I had a couple of different really eye-opening experiences that made me realize there is more to life than what I know. There is more to life than just the bodies we're in now and the name we have in this life and our age and our race and our religion. Those things change constantly as our soul passes from one life to the next. So um, a couple of different experiences happened for me where I was like, okay, I need to figure this out because this shook me to my core and changed my whole perspective on life. Yeah. And then how did you come to find the tarot? Have you, did, were, did you ever go to a tarot reader before? Yeah, my friend who is a tarot reader um, read for me and in the reading she was like, you should be doing this. Like you would be good at anything you do. Are you interested in this? And I was like, yes. And she started offering um, an intensive course and I took it, um, myself and a couple other friends. And... Um, after that, I was so infatuated and so obsessed with it. I was like always trying to read my husband's card or read my own cards. Um, and it just kind of evolved from there. I created my own website. I started a professional Instagram page. And um, it just kind of took off from there. And then I just kept working at it, working at it, working at it, um, working at different events, working at like Artisan Fleas and like the Bushwick Vendors Market and all these different places. And um, I started having people respond really well. People, I would work an event and there'd be a two hour wait wow. to see me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, this isn't for nothing. Mm-hmm. And it made, it makes me so happy. Nothing honestly makes me happier in life than reading tarot for people. And I just said, you know, social work is great, but it's not for me anymore. That's not the person I am. I have evolved and it's time for me to do 
something else. And the reactions you get from reading people's tarot is probably much different mm -hmm. from you feeling like you're helping someone in a psychiatric hospital. Absolutely. Like, do you feel like people can express how grateful they are? Sometimes. In this, in sometimes. this field? Yes, yeah. sometimes. Sometimes people are freaked out. I have a lot of people that come to me and just are very skeptical. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not really about me all i'm doing is reading the cards that you have cut your energy is on that deck so this is all about you all i'm doing is being a channel to explain to you what the cards say and what they mean that's it um so i have had all types of reactions it depends on the reading it depends on what comes up but um it's much easier to read for people that aren't doped up on medication right. of course it's much easier to help people that want to be helped so do you feel like when these people come is it for you know like I don't know, kind of like a shits and giggles thing. Oh, me and my friends are going go to go to like a thing, or Sometimes. is it they're really actually seeking, you know, answers? Um, both. I've yeah. seen people who come to me as a joke, and <laughs> they're like, you know, I just want to check this out because I know this is fake, but I want to see. And then mm -hmm. I read for them, and they're like, oh, okay. So you let them know what's happening currently in their life? Yes. you're not telling them the future or mm -hmm. the past. We do. I do a simple spread. I do mind, body, spirit, past, present, future. And then we play off of those. So the cards that get picked, is it random or? Yes, it's okay. always at random. It's how the person shuffles the deck. They oh, shuffle the deck. Okay. They cut the cards up however they want. And then I just pull them. So it's all their energy. So you're basically just the translator. Exactly. And and so if I were, if you were to read on me right now, or on me right now, I would like I, I would shuffle the deck and I'd pull the cards and then I basically provide you the code and you're deciphering it. Yep. Basically. That's. It seems more easier to understand that way mm -hmm. than for people. I don't know. Maybe there's a lot of a, a big, big block in people's head of like this is like a mystical, magical type of thing. But when yeah. you present it as just like, I'm just translating what you've written down. Yeah, basically, it's, what's it's, already inside of you. Yeah, mm -hmm. it seems like a little more palatable. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yes, and it's unfortunate that it's not advertised that way. I see. You know, we all see those places. There's one right around the corner of me where it's like. Tarot, but psychic, but da 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 da, and they just exploit people. They just are like, well, fifty more dollars to tell you who you're gonna marry, a oh, hundred more dollars to tell you when you're gonna get married. That's just exploitation. I don't believe in that. Um, I run my tarot sessions the same way I run my um sessions as I did when I was a social worker. So everything is confidential. Um, nobody gets a reading in front of anybody else because things that you may not have remembered or pushed down so deep that you don't want to remember will mm -hmm. come up. And a lot of times trauma, people carry a lot of trauma in their bodies, in their lives. And um, it's normal. We all go through it. And that can be very personal and that can be very um, emotional. And you might not get the, have the reaction you expected you were going to have in it, which is why um, it's important to me that it's confidential, that it's private, that the per person feels safe and secure the same way a therapist would meet with a client. I think the background you have with social work legitimizes, in my eyes, a lot more and makes me feel like I can, um, I don't know, I can understand a little bit more. Yes. Whereas if it's just somebody that has no background in like Western medication or, or, or just not that Western medication is like, you know, the answer to everything because mm -hmm. it's not obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, but just to have that background of like having gone through like a clinical program yes. and understanding therapy. Yes. yes. is very important. Yeah. Um, and I think that if I hadn't been a social worker and hadn't had that background and hadn't gone through therapy myself for years, how would I be able to know how it feels for the other person sitting on the opposite side of the room from me? So do you feel that, that 
do you feel that makes you a little different than other tarot card readers yes. out there? Yes, yes. Um, I have seen things in my line of work that I was in that most people cannot fathom. Um, working in a psychiatric hospital, I've worked, I worked in a homeless shelter for a while. Um, I've done harm reduction work, working with um, severely addicted people. Um, I've seen a side of life that you don't normally see unless you've lived it. And so for me, it is, I'm able to understand, nothing shocks me, nothing scares me, nothing freaks me out. Um, I've seen people go through hell back and then put themselves through it again. And so I am always able to work with people with no judgment. Um, who are we to say that what somebody else does to make themselves feel better or what somebody else does while they're psychotic or what somebody else does to survive is wrong. Um, and so because of the work I've done as a social worker for so many years, um, I do think it puts me in a unique position to have another level of empathy and understanding of the human experience that maybe tarot card readers that don't have a clinical um, background wouldn't necessarily understand. So you're basically transitioning from being a clinical social worker to being a spiritual social worker. Basically. Hmm? And what does your family think about this? You um, they're cool with it. Yeah. They are, you know, my parents are, um, my mother runs her own business. Um, my husband's family, they run their own business. My aunt runs her own business. I have a lot of people in my life, a lot of women in my life that um, decided very early on, you know, I'm not going to work for somebody else. I want to be able to have the freedom to live my life the way I want to live it and not have to, you know, call off if I feel sick and not have to beg to take a vacation and not have to, mm-hmm. you know, take a half day and take a pay cut because I need to go see a doctor in the middle of the day. Um, there's so many things about the way we force people to work in the United States that is very detrimental to our mental, physical, and spiritual health. And um, I just decided that, you know, it's about time that I stop working for other people. You're never going to get where you want to get in life working for somebody else. Wow. That's really honestly inspirational because I feel like a lot of people keep these nine to five jobs and these corporate jobs because they're afraid of yes. you know venturing beyond that because there's a there's a fear of failure right you can this mm-hmm. if this is completely on you mm-hmm. so if you go out there and you build this thing and it doesn't succeed you know you're back at zero and you're back you know where you started and you know I think that's extremely scary for people. It is. It very much is. Oh, me too. I mean, I'm still very nervous. And of course I have moments where I have doubt. You know, I think that people, no matter how successful you are, there's always the chance that you will fail. But I mean, you can't let the chance of, I think the only thing more damaging than not doing it is being afraid of or telling yourself that you can't. You know? How do you fail in New York? Failing in New York is pretty hard. Because oh, yeah. Because rent here is like $2,000, you know, yeah. per month yeah. on average. Failing so. in New York is, um, New York is one of those places where it has its own energy. It's one of those cities where it either likes you or it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't like you, it chews you up and spits you back out very quickly. Um, I have been fortunate enough that that has not been my experience here. Mm-hmm. And um, I have two degrees. I'm not even 30. I'm you know, very educated. I not worried about not worried about making money. I'm just worried about living my life and making myself happy. I think that too many people subscribe to this idea that you have to work a nine to five and 
you have to make this amount of money or mm-hmm. you have to do this or this or this in order to feel happy. Um, and I think we're indoctrinated in that growing up. I mean, being a... I didn't even know what a tarot card reader was until, you know, much later in life. Mm-hmm. And so that was never even... That was never part of my vocabulary. What was part of my vocabulary was, you know, basic science degrees yes. and being an engineer or a lawyer or this or that. Something like this is considered quote-unquote alternative, uh-huh. you know? And for others, obviously, it's not. You know, you grew uh-huh. up around something like that, and that's what's normal for you. Uh-huh. So for me, I think it's so interesting to hear these stories about people that switch gears and are living these fulfilling lives uh-huh. that, you know, they're financially, you know, uh, stable, uh-huh. and they're happy emotionally yeah. and spiritually, and, you know, they're, they're not in these corporate jobs. Uh-huh. Um, so... For me, it's extremely interesting to hear these journeys and how people commit to these lifestyles. Yeah. Um, and, you know, New York is one of those things where you meet people that do this all the time. All the time. All the time. It's normal here. I've met so... I know so many people that... Like, my friend who is a tarot reader, I think she worked in publishing. And was like, I hate this. Okay, I'm <laughs> going to be a tarot card reader. Next. And, like, yeah. has thrived. Mm-hmm. I know plenty of people that have done that. So... How do you thrive? Is it just the hustle? Um... It's just the hustle, but it's just really, I think, telling yourself on a daily basis and reminding yourself, I am capable of doing these things. Mm-hmm. I am loved. I am secure. I am will be successful. And um, things fall into place organically the way they're supposed to, you know. So were there people in your life or books that you've read or things that kind of catalyzed this whole, you know, you're very confident. You know, yeah. you, failure is not an option for you. That's no, it never has been. Never right. has been. Um, so where did you get that ethos from? Like, where where is that coming from? Is um, that just internal that you've always had it innately? Or no, is it... I was a very insecure child and a very depressed adolescent and um, very reckless. I mean, there was a period in my life where I didn't know if I was going to finish college. There was a period in my life where I had issues with substances. Um, and there was a period in my life where I, most people around me did not think I was going to literally make it. Um, I didn't think I was going to make it. I've been through a lot of different things in my life, some trauma, and um, I just kind of, as I got older, realized, you know, everybody goes through painful stuff, but you it either breaks you or it does not. And the people that I was working with in the social work field were broken from that pain and from that trauma and from those experiences. And um, I just decided for myself that I have more to give in this life and I'm not done and I'm not worn out and I yes I've been through stuff we all have but I don't giving up for me didn't feel right it just didn't feel good um and that's not to say that people that can't stand up on their own two feet at this moment won't get it together later on in life but um for me I just kind of really started telling myself and doing daily meditations and daily affirmations and um trusting myself I think a big part of it is being able to trust your gut and trust that things are going to work out the way they're supposed to as long as you have a solid understanding of who you are and you're not impulsive, you know? Yeah. So how do you take care of yourself Mm. being in this field? Because I think a lot of times, I I mean, I have a lot of, I've worked with a lot of social workers. My sister's a social worker. Uh And I think it's, yes, one of the most rewarding jobs you could do, but it's also one of the most heartbreaking jobs you can do. Yes, very emotionally Uh, taxing. And it's very, it's, it's very like, it's, uh, People don't. It's a thankless job, um, so so it's really easy. Even though you're told your entire academic career to not get attached, detach yourself. It's you can't. It's not possible at, at all. How do you take care of yourself? E- even now in this new role of like 
even when, when you're reading for people, they still come in with emotional baggage. Oh, yes, of course. And how do you walk away from that saying, I need to detach myself from this? Um, so I have a pretty strict regimen of things that I do um, to take care of myself. Exercise, um, journaling, documenting how I feel on a day-to-day basis so I can go back and look back at it. Um, I meditate daily, sometimes more than once a day. Mm-hmm. Um, I see a hypnotherapist. Um, I float, which is... Okay, so there are these things called sensory deprivation tanks, and you can lay inside mm-hmm. them. They're full of about 10 inches of water and 1,000 to 1,500 pounds of Epsom salt. Mm. And they're completely dark, and they're completely quiet. And I lay in those for an hour once a month um, to detach. I've always wanted to do that. You should. It's amazing. I recommend it to a lot of my clients. So I know everyone who's watched Stranger Things on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna, it's know, basically yeah. that. Um, okay. Except not in a pool in the gym. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's basically that, yes. Um, and di- for different things, for different people, different things come up. Mm. You're by yourself. You're you. You know, we have so many distractions in our society. Uh, for I think a lot of people, t- I, sometimes I distract myself on purpose. And yes. I've been oh, doing yeah. it for a long time. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't like yeah. to be alone for a significant amount of time. So sometimes <laughs> I'll just like listen to Harry Potter on, on my loudspeaker because I'm like, I can't. I can't. It's kind but, of scary when you're by yourself. It is. Yep, because you're facing yourself. You're yeah. facing who you really are. Um, and floating. all your crazy thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything everything comes up. Right. Things that you did I not I just figured like when you're floating, there's nowhere to hide. Nope. You are with yourself. Actually, floating is what kicked off me starting tarot reading. I floated, um, and another part of my mind woke up. That's the only way I can explain it. Another part of me that was I knew was always there because it felt familiar just opened up. I think that's when my third eye really just opened up. And um, I was like, now that I've seen this, and now that I know who I am, and now that I am been through this experience um, and been shown myself mm-hmm. um, I can't ignore that and that was the beginning of my spiritual journey um, and it kind of just opened up everything for me and then doing different things um, helped, helps keep me balanced um, I also do Reiki so I also do Reiki on people as well and um, I do Reiki on myself on a regular basis too to make so sure what's Reiki? so Reiki is energetic healing um to keep your chakras open and in line or balance. Um, so we have seven chakras in our body, starting from our roots, um, going all the way up to the top of our head, where's our crown chakra. And um, people go through different things in life, of course, that will make some of those chakras blocked off or make some of those chakras um, not vibrating, as working as well as they could. Um, most people have blockages in one, if not more than one chakra. Some people have all seven blocked. Um, Different things happen to us physically when our chakras are blocked off. Health problems that people might have, um, physical pains that people might have. Um, and so Reiki is a way to kind of energetically heal somebody's physical body, but also open up and heal those chakras. So one I, of my friends also part of actually, my practice. My, one of my friends does Reiki mm-hmm. regularly, and she went through a major trauma mm-hmm. earlier this year, mm-hmm. and she said uh, this is the one thing that she has to do it every day. Yeah. And it's the one thing that keeps her healthy. I mean, one of the one things. I mean, I, she goes to the gym. She works yes. out. There's many things yes. that she does. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I never really knew about Reiki until I talked to her. Mm-hmm. And she came to visit, actually, during my birthday. And uh, she woke up with anxiety one morning. And I turned over, and she was just doing Reiki in bed, you know. Mm-hmm. And that helped her. And, yeah. yeah it helps pretty. me a lot. It helps me a lot. Yeah. So there's a bunch of different things I do to take care of myself. Um, I also have cut 
animals out of my life. I don't eat meat anymore because as I've come more into my spirituality, it's been very difficult for me to be able to consume another life. Um, so man maintaining a kind of pretty strict vegetarian diet is another part of it for me. But again, everybody has their own ways of how they manage and take care of themselves. Um, and just having downtime, having time to take care of yourself. Um, I think in our society, men and women are just kind of forced to just keep going, keep going, keep going, beat you down, work till you die type of thing. And um, nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants to live a life where they can't, you know, take the day off on their birthday or take an extra few days to go see their grandma for Christmas or whatever it is, you know, because their work won't allow them. I think so many people are so caught up and the price for their freedom is a paycheck yeah. and it's just no way to live. And I think that's why we have so many sick people and so many unhappy people and so many angry people in our society. So I think the alternative, I mean, the other side of that thing is the reason why people don't do something like what you're doing is because... Mm, I don't know. A lot of people feel like they don't have any other options. Yes. You know, I yes. have to go to work to make this paycheck. Yes. Well, a lot of you us, know? a lot of us work to live and live to work. Uh-huh. Right. Um, and it's kind of like this kind of thing of like, I, I work to live, but I don't live to work. Yes. I need to find, I, I live for something else. And yes. I need to find that passion. For yes. Me. Yes. And but that, people, a lot of times people don't, don't have the luxury for that. Yes. Oh, searching yeah. for your passion is, it's, only it's, for it's a luxury. People. Yes, it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, so we're lucky. I mean, yeah, we're, absolutely. Yeah, being able to say I'm going to do what makes me happy and I'm not going to care about anything else is, I mean, hello. I did not grow up rich at all. If you would have told me a year ago that I'd be like that, I'd be like, what? No, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, you just get to a point. I just got to a point where I was fed up and I was just like, nothing is worth this. Nothing is worth the life that I am living now. I'm going to a job where I'm unhappy. I'm going to a job where I'm unfulfilled. It's oppressive. It's thankless. And I will end up just as sick as the people I'm trying to treat if I don't help myself. No. You know? How can I tell somebody who has poor mental health that they need to take care of themselves when the people I work for won't even allow us to have mental health days? Mm-hmm. That makes absolutely no sense. Um, and so, yeah, for me, I was just like, you know what? So you, your back was against the wall, essentially. Absolutely. Really. I was really, I mean, I worked jobs I hated for so long that I became a person I did not recognize mm-hmm. for so long. I mean, I was a waitress for 13 years. I put myself through college and graduate school serving tables and serving $20 curries to jerks in the East Village. Um, and so it was just kind of like, all right, I don't want to, I don't want to do this anymore. And if I can find something else, and I was very lucky to find a hobby that I can do as a full-time job that I love um but everybody can do that it just depends on are we willing to do we have the energy to find it after our nine-to-five is done right you know well thanks for <laughs> talking about all yeah. of this I wanted to talk yeah. really brief- briefly there's another portion of your business that's not just the tarot card ring you do these boxes yes I do so I created something called the empress box um the empress is a tarot card in the deck mm-hmm. she represents pure beauty pure understanding, pure just divine femininity. And um, I see in our society and throughout the world, women are very um, underappreciated, taken advantage of, neglected, abused, ignored. And um, I wanted to create something for women, made by women, um, to 
show women that you sh you deserve love. You deserve to give yourself um, self-positive, delicious self-care mm -hmm. where you take an hour-long bath or you, I don't know, get a tarot card reading or you just do things to pamper yourself because women are always told, um, you're not pretty enough, you're not skinny enough, you're not smart enough, you're not this enough. And I just wanted to create something that I could give other women throughout different stages of life to tell them, you are wonderful, take this time to care for yourself, um, take this time to use these products made by other women with their hands to love yourself. And you get a mini tarot reading in every box. So um, it's been wonderful, I love it. And um, you know they're available online for monthly subscription or one-time purchase um, and I ship everywhere in the continental US and it's been going great and um, it makes me really happy and um, based on each new or full moon which we have one to two times a month um, I change the organization that I give a piece of the proceeds to so last month we had new moon in Aquarius Aquarius is the water bearer there are so many people in the world who do not have access to clean water so the month for the month of August, 10% um, of all boxes sold went to Charity Water, um, and I rotate the organization that I give to, and it's always something that I think is a humanitarian cause, um, just because I'm in a position, the women that are buying these boxes are in a position where they have access to clean drinking water, or they have access to reproductive rights, or they have access to whatever it is, um, doesn't mean you should not always be giving back to people who have less. That's the point of having fortune and being fortunate is to be able to give back to people that don't have because if you can't do that then um, you're not really alive either yeah. that's so cool so how can people get a hold of you so people can get a hold of me on my website which is ninayasmintero.com um you can check my instagram which is also ninayasmintero um or you can send me a text message i will you my phone number and you can put it on your site or whatever. Yeah, we'll put it on the description. I'll yeah. put your links and the phone number in the description of the podcast. Absolutely. Um, thank you so much for meeting with us. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. So, uh, interesting session. Interesting session. I hope everybody enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What did you think, Jose? Because um, I'll talk about my experience, but go ahead. No, I, I think um, I, I was able to see it without judgment in a new light and uh, you know whether I think it's legitimate or not doesn't matter. It, she's doing it and she's, she's happy. Yeah, she's happy. And um, and for me, I think I mentioned this in the episode also. Like it, it made me um, like I don't know. It made me le like legitimize the whole thing a little bit more in my head just because she has that background in like social work. And I come from my undergrad with psychology, and like I am really interested in like that whole you know area of life and. And, and, and like just professionally, like, you know, I, I put value on psychologists and psychiatry and that whole thing. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, it was really interesting. And like, I actually ended up, uh, having a session with her, like maybe a week after this interview that we did. So she came over to my place and we did the whole, you know, terror session. And honestly, like it was extremely insightful. Um, you know, again, I went into it not, I went into it with certain, you know, low level expectations, I think, unfortunately, you know, but um, but by the end of it, I mean, she she stuck around for two hours. I think it was supposed to be only a one hour reading, but she she stayed for a full two hours and uh, just, you know, I think I generally felt like she she was interested in like having a conversation with me and like helping me. You so, know? But my question is, did you feel 
like you were with a tarot card reader or did you feel you were more like with a life coach slash therapist type of situation? Yeah. No, I felt it was like more of like a therapy session because the therapists that I've been to have, most of them have been social workers. So yeah. it kind of felt similar. Most therapists are. Yeah. Yeah. Most therapists are. So what I think what was interesting about this was that the, she used the tarot cards to ask me specific questions. Whereas if you go into a regular therapy session, you're sitting on the couch, you don't really know the therapist in front of you. It takes a little bit to establish trust and, you know, it takes a little bit for you to like say certain things and for them to give you certain types of insight, you know, to connect the dots. But with her, because she was, I mean, she had, all the cards were essentially questions that she was asking me, you know? questions you'd find on an intake form. Yeah, or or just, yeah, it just, or things that would, conversation pieces that would naturally come up over time of being in therapy for a while, you know? But because, like, I understood that this was part of the whole deal of, you know, uh, of seeing a tarot card reader, like, I was answering these questions, and I was, like, opening up and stuff, so it didn't feel weird or forced. Um, I think it's because I think a lot of times we're super guarded from our providers. mm -hmm. Like, even, like, even with our doctors, like, we don't say... We, we say what we think we're supposed to say mm-hmm. and not what's like really happening most of the time. Yeah. So going to someone like a, like a tarot card reader where you would feel like you're already breaking the rules makes you feel a little extra, like, okay to be a, a little extra vulnerable. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever, whatever the case was, like, I just, uh, yeah, she was able to, she was just really insightful. Yeah. I mean, uh, there were some things I felt it was a little bit off, you know, but, you know, for the majority of it, I was pretty blown away by... I mean, it could have been really anybody, I think, but, like, you know, where I was, like, sitting. It could have been a therapy session. It could have been, you know, something else. But, yeah, I didn't I didn't feel this whole thing about, like, oh, she's predicting my future. And, like, you know, this is what I'm going to expect next week to happen or in, like, six months. Or, like, oh, I'm going to get married next year. Or, like, this is what's going to happen professionally for me. You know, that's not at all what I went, walked away with. Yeah. And that's not what I went into it. You know, that's not what my intentions were. My intentions were just to give like connect some fucking dots like that were going on in my life right and she did that um with things that i had like actually never really talked about before like in a therapy session so it was like pretty wild to me um so yeah it was for me personally it was a cool experience yeah um so yeah great so this is our first 45 minute episode if you like this longer format let us know send us an email at casual at gmail.com or a tweet or at casual fridays tp yeah or Put a comment on our Facebook book, a Facebook book, Facebook page, (laughs) or just, you know, grab us on the street and be like, hey, Mm. I like that episode. (laughs) And we'll do more stuff like this. Right. Um, All right, y'all. Have a great weekend. Have a great Friday. And uh, till next week. Enjoy this fall weather if you're in New York. Yes. Keep it casual. Adios. Bye. Bye.